Tech Fan Podcast 366. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. How are you, David? I'm all right. Yeah. I'm okay. I've had a very busy week, but um, kind of chilling this afternoon. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. We had... Um, it's the Jewish high holidays at the moment. So we had the Jewish New Year last week. This week it was... Wednesday was the Day of Atonement. So Yom Kippur. So that was a day of... Um, uh, well, in fact, I, I said to the kids, I said, right, we're doing the Day of Atonement. Normally, you know, most people fast, but they, the kids are too young to fast. Alexander has a medical condition. Charlotte is too too small. So uh, I said, right, well, you, you may not be fasting, but there's there's two things you can do. First of all, uh, no desserts. Yeah, okay, that was fine. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and then I said, second thing, no TV, no devices. Well... <laughs> That no, was, that's a step too far. It now. was, yeah. I got yeah. some pushback, but I won in the end. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I had my uh, my Apple Watch die on me yesterday. I thought it was charging up the night before, and I didn't realize it. Sometimes you can stick it on the... Particularly depending on what band you've got on, I find with mine, you can stick. think you've stuck it on the charger, and then it's slightly... Particularly if you have the charger like in a mount or a stand or something like that, you think it's on there, and in fact it... It moves and it's not, and then... I, I usually am pretty good at wa- looking at it when I first put it on there to make sure the, it comes alive for a second so you know yeah. it's, oh, it's charging. I thought I did that, but obviously I didn't because, yeah, I was three hours into work and my, I did something and I looked at my phone and I got the red almost out of juice. And, of course, the rest of the day I looked at it 5,000 times and... So, unfortunately, because it uses a proprietary charger, you can't just go, oh, well, can I borrow somebody else's cable and put it in? You know. Um, Interestingly enough, I was thinking about this because one of the things that's good about the Apple charger for the watch is it's magnetic. So, it, you know, provided you get it close on there, it normally does kind of settle itself into the right position. Of course, they've continually failed to launch this air power mat they've been talking about for... I think it's dead. I I agree. And I think one of the reasons was that um, it was a product that was was looking to answer a need nobody had. Um, But also as well that without that kind of magnetic alignment, um, it's actually very difficult to reliably charge something, um, even if you have loads and loads of coils underneath the pad. And when you have a, a band on your watch, yeah. it does not lay flat. Well, exactly. That's the problem is that um, you have to get something kind of inside the loop. Um, right. Or, either that or take- you have to have a very strong magnetic field in that to yeah. kind of kick it into yeah. gear. And I think that's the problem from what the reports that I read. It was too hot. Yeah. And they just from an engineering standpoint weren't coming up with a good enough solution so and, and also as I, as i said i think it's a problem nobody has i think yeah, i don't i don't need one thing to charge my phone and my watch yeah i'm i have i have a an ikea pad charging pad next to my bed and it has uh, this is really nice actually if you're looking for a, a kind of a funky looking charging pad for uh, for your phone and stuff the ikea ones are quite nice so this is like a wooden lozenge it's kind of shaped like a like an oval and it has three crosses in gray on a white background on the top and those three crosses are three charging po- wireless charging points but you're jewish <laughs> it's pluses yeah. pluses not crosses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah normally what i do is i stick my phone on one and then, oh, uh-huh. th- this also has a USB port on it because it has its own 
uh, kind of you know wall worn. So it has a USB port on it. So my uh, iPhone charger, uh, my watch charger is plugged into the USB port, and that's next to this thing on the stand. So I drop my uh, watch onto that, and then I drop my phone onto the um, onto the uh, IKEA thing. And then if I want to charge something else, like my iPad, I have a two or three little wireless charging dongles that have lightning or micro USB connectors on the end. So Mm. I can just plug one of those into my iPad and then lay my iPad on there and that will charge wirelessly overnight as well. It's slow, but I don't care if it's doing it overnight. Uh, And that means I just basically don't need to deal with the cables at all. Um, It's all in the one place, which is easy, easy to do. Didn't cost me anything like as much as an air power map would have done. And hey, I can charge all my stuff wirelessly if I want to. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty good product. How much was it? Uh, I, you know what? I think it's about thirty dollars, something like that. It's not expensive. They do IKEA does a whole. They've been doing uh, cheese stuff for years. They even have lamps with a, a charger on the well, a wireless charger on the bottom and things like that. They're they're really kind of into it. So, and you know, all IKEA stuff is normally reasonably well made and uh, not terribly expensive. Huh. So, let's jump into the show a little bit here. Yep. A couple of days ago, um, two days ago, Nintendo came out with their uh, Nintendo Online, mm. the Switch Online, I should say, and it finally gave you the ability to back up your games to the cloud, which a lot of people were, this was a problem, because if you had a Nintendo Switch, and let's say you had a thousand hours into Zelda, well, if your Nintendo Switch dies, well, so bad for you, you don't get your save. But, hey, Switch Online... But, of course, it doesn't seem to support Zelda right now, from what I can see. Yep. Uh, So I'm not real happy about that. This is, you know, Nintendo, Sony, a lot of these Japanese companies are like this. They kind of give with one hand and then take away with the other. Um, And they do things which kind of most of us looking from outside Japan go, why don't you just do it this way? And then everyone will be happy. And they go, oh, no, can't possibly do that. Can't possibly make everyone happy. Uh, I, I always think it's a bit like those Japanese game shows, you know, where they torture the contestants. I think that's a Japanese mindset. It's like, don't make everybody happy all in one go. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I believe also as well, this is a the Switch service is, is paid, and if you stop paying, all your saves go away as well. <laughs> I think it's um, $20 a year. Yeah. Which is ridiculously low compared to... Um, Xbox and Sony stuff, yeah, which is fine. I, you know, and I, I'll be honest, I paid for it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been playing my Switch lately. Cole has kind of appropriated it, and he plays Fortnite. Fortnite, no, uh, Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. Alexander yeah. is also, as I've mentioned many times, is a big Fortnite fan, and as soon as he yep. got an opportunity, he got it on the Switch. So he, but the thing, weird thing about about our kids with the Switch is they don't really ever take it out the dock. They just play with play it on the TV. They never want to use it um, standalone. As as you know, I am a very very big Diablo fan, and the fact that Diablo three is coming to the Switch kind of got me thinking for a, a, a mad minute. Mm, maybe I should buy my own Switch so that when I'm traveling, I can play Diablo three handheld. Then uh, common sense prevailed. The nice thing, I'm really kind of digging this. Twenty yeah. bucks. It comes with NES Classic games, and they're going to add more every month. Mm-hmm. And i got to be honest with you, the first bash that launched, 
I'm really digging it. <laughs> so which games is, which games can you get on there? Uh, Balloon Fight, which, yeah, it's okay. Uh, and remember, these are NES games. Baseball, Donkey Kong Arcade Classic Series, Double Dragon, Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a Nintendo's, how do you want to, uh, kind of a Tetris, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excite Bike, uh, Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, Gradius, Ice Climber, Ice Ice Hockey, Mario Brothers, the uh, arcade one. Pro Wrestling, which is kind of stupid. River City Ransom, pretty good game. Soccer, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, which is a good game. Super Mario Brothers 3. My favorite is t- uh, Tecmo Bowl. I loved me some Tecmo Bowl back in the day, man. It's still my all-time favorite football game. Uh, tennis, The Legend of Zelda, and Yoshi. Cool. I mean, that is a fantastic lineup of games for for twenty bucks. Any one of those games is worth a couple bucks, anyways. For twenty bucks, you get all those, and they're going to start adding more games. I think that's a great value. I really do. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I was just searching for that list of games while you were yep. talking, uh, and I found an article on Polygon that says that basically the uh, emulator is the same yeah. one in the NES Classic. Uh, so and it's pe- hackable. Yeah, people have already found out how to load their own ROMs onto it. Yeah, <laughs> my issue with that is it looks like you have to... Um, it looks like you got to uh, hack it. And yeah. I have a friend who hacked his and it bricked it. Right. So I don't want to hack mine. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's let's face it, that is piracy. And um, presumably, as they roll out more and more games, well, I can imagine at some point they're going to patch the thing to stop it from, from being able to do this. But, um, yeah. It's not a bad thing, though. I mean, it's um, it's $20. Yeah, $20 is for a year is, is not bad at all. I, I happily paid it on, yeah. on the launch, and I honestly, it was more about um, saving my data. Yeah. And they're going to add more saves, as you will, more games that support it. And I assume that Zelda's going to be on there, because that's the number one game on that platform. So they're going to do, presumably do Super Nintendo games on there as well. Do you think they'll do um, GameCube games on there? Do you think no, the Switch GameCube is powerful games enough? are going to be, yeah, it's powerful enough. That's not the issue. Uh, the emulator they're going to have to probably build from scratch. Dolphin is the unofficial thing that's out there in the wild that you can use to to play those games. Uh, but it's choppy even on uh, beefy computer hardware right. sometimes. So I think the emulator is a problem. Um, I would think a Switch Two, and four years from now, when they have you know Switch Twos. Pay for thirty nine ninety nine a year now, and that you know those kind of games will yeah. probably come to that. Does it, Nintendo's got just such a, a, a bevy of fantastic games on every single one of their older platforms yeah. that why not take advantage of that library of games to give well, to current owners to pay for again? I, I know, but again, I refer you back to my comments about the Japanese. Is sometimes they just don't do the obvious thing. So, um, it, you know, it, it would be absolutely no surprise if it took Nintendo 12 months to add any more games to this platform. No, <laughs> yeah. they said they're going to add more NES games well, they, they said, but, you know, sometimes for reasons, they don't do what they say. That's so, um, you know, does the, uh, does the Switch have a, a, a DS or a 3DS emulator in it as well? No. So, again, that's something else they should do, really. 
Well, they're still selling the 3DS and the DS. Well, they don't sell the DS now, are they? No, but but you know what I mean. That platform is still alive and cooking. So they're not going to roll that into it. If that platform ever dies, sure, maybe you'll see yeah. something. But yeah, I guess. You know, the of course, three. the three DS can play the DS games, can't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, this made me happy. And they and and as I was downloading this, I went to the store and there was a new Burger Time game. And you know me and Burger. Time. Oh, you yeah, you uh, yeah. You haven't played it yet, but I downloaded it and I told Cole I said the Burger Time and the NES stuff is for Dad. You don't mess with yeah. This. So what controllers are you using on this? Just the one that's. The Switch ones. The Joy-Cons. Yeah. And are they okay for... Because they're, they're not really Nintendo controllers, those. Uh, well, you do have the Nintendo controller like the, the D-pad on there. Yeah. On the Switch. And that's exactly what the NES controller was. It works okay. It's, it's not, not yeah, comfortable. I, the, only, the only NES game I've played so far is Tecmo Bowl. And I played about a quarter of a game. And it was too late at night, so I just turned it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does have a suspend thing, just like the classic NES and classic Super NES. Oh, right. So you can, so you can suspend it. it and come back to it. Yeah. Only four slots, so you can only have four things going at once. But, yeah, yeah. it was uh, – I actually used the you know the thumb button, not the D-pad. And it worked great. I was very happy with it. And cool. it looks really good on the Switch screen. I'll give it that. So they're obviously upscaling it to some degree. Yeah. Um, I liked it. It was fun. I will have to... Um, Alexander's birthday's coming up. Maybe I'll buy this service as part of his birthday. 20 bucks. Yeah. Who cares? You you spend that on a lunch. That's kind of what I looked at it anyways. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. So you post about... Obviously, Apple had their big event. Last week, I said I would hold the Apple Watch discussion for you and I. Um, and really, the the whole discussion was going to center around... Because at this point, most people listen to the show's probably already read about it. Um, it's a little bit larger screen-wise. Yep. Even the small one is larger than the large Apple Watch that came before. That's a good thing, I think. Yeah. Um, you want one? Uh, I am already. <laughs> I'm already planning my purchase. Oh um, yeah. I'm as you, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to the states with my mother in uh, November, so I will be picking one up while I'm over there. In fact, I'm <laughs> I'm actually thinking about trading my current one in early so that I don't get hit by any price drops once they become generally available. Yeah. Um, because obviously the old ones are, are dropping. The Series 3 is going to be available in, at a, a price drop once the Series 4 is av- generally available. So I'm actually thinking about perhaps going for a month or so without a watch um, just so that I don't get hit by that. Now, did I read that you can use the existing watch bands with the new one? You can, yes. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I, don't, well, I was I, on that kick for a while where I was buying these cheap watch bands, and I'm, I think that's what I've got on my watch right now. I'm looking at it as on my wrist, and I think this is a Yeah, it's the fake Nike band. Yeah, I have a, um, I have a fake Miller, uh, Milanese steel one on mine at yeah. the moment, which is, uh, is in a black steel, which you can't get from apple so mm-hmm. um yeah that, that's that to be honest that's one of the reasons i buy the the cheaper ones is because sometimes you can just get things that you just, that apple just doesn't make um uh, and i think apple's premium price on the bands is ridiculous yeah that, uh, look having having had a lot of cheap bands um you know you can tell they're cheap and sometimes they don't last this one for instance some of the paint is starting to wear away where the magnet goes onto it um, but it, you know, hey, it's a cheap band, and you can afford to 
basically right, physically replace it. Yeah, you can physically replace it every six months you want to, and still not be spending what Apple charges. Yeah, you're, you're still two. Yeah. You're three years before you're at one yeah. Apple branded watch. But the Apple ones band. are pretty much bomb proof. I mean, the Apple ones will not break or wear out. They are much better quality. So you are you are getting something, some value for that money. But whether it's sure. whether it's good value or not is um, is open Subjective. to debate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and um, speaking of value, though, uh, I mean, obviously the watches have gone up in price. I mean, how do you feel about that? If you're getting more, and I don't mean just physically, it's a bigger watch, which, okay, fine. Uh, but if it, it has more features, it does more things. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I don't. I don't because let's yeah. be honest, every product Apple just releases went up in price. I know. I mean, this is beginning going to be an ongoing trend. Certainly, yeah, I, did, I well. didn't think the price rises were that egregious. Um, but you know, I'm fortunate to be able to say that because I can afford to buy them. Um, yeah. What are the prices now? Uh, I think it went up from three twenty nine for the entry level uh, series three thirty eight millimeter to three nine nine for the equivalent in the series four. Yeah. So I think anybody who's willing to spend three hundred and thirty bucks for a watch is also willing to spend four hundred bucks for yeah. a watch. Yeah. So yeah, I don't it's okay. Uh, um I don't plan on upgrading. You don't. It's not offering me anything that I don't already have on my watch. I like this the some of the new complications. Mm-hmm. That it looks like they're not bringing back to the, or bringing to the older watch, but well, I think I think some of them don't just won't work without the larger screen. Exactly. So, um, um, other than that, I, I saw some of the new complications. I was like, ooh, I still don't understand why Apple isn't opening up complications to third parties. I think the problem is they're just worried about people doing things that look terrible in their eyes. That's bas- mm. I, I'm sure that's basically it. they they want to, you know, they they. They're kind of funny about the watch. It, it, it they have still have this kind of perception that it is a luxury watch brand, um, which it isn't really. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, uh, you wouldn't go out and say, compare the Apple Watch to say an Omega or something like that, or even something of a similar sort of price level, uh, and and say, well, if if I can only have one of these, and that can only ever be my watch. Um, which one would I take? I, I don't. I think some people would quite happily take the the genuine watch rather than the Apple Watch, just because it looks more like a watch. You know, I don't. I, I think Apple is a, the the Apple Watch is a premium wearable. I'm not sure it's a premium watch in the same way that a Rolex is is a premium watch. Uh, and I think that's demonstrated by the fact that they had they had Apple Watches up at that price level when they first launched them, and they're all gone away now. Yeah. You know, uh, I do like. Isn't I? It, maybe I'm because I didn't watch the entire keynote. I just watched the brief snippet one that's like seven minutes long or something. Right. Uh, that you can always see the time on your watch. That's an option now. I'm not sure about that. I also missed the beginning of that keynote. Um, I came came in just as they were starting with the iPhones, so I don't know whether that's an option or not. I, I mean. The battery life is, has apparently improved, so you would hope that that would be an option. Certainly with an OLED screen, and if you're lighting up the, the display for just the time, um, you would you would not use the same power as you would using, you know, lighting up the whole screen. So you would hope it was possible. I know certainly, um, you know, competing products do that. So, I, 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 but I don't know. Um, 
I don't know whether that's an option or not. I've uh, see. I that's one thing I don't like is that the screen's completely dark until I move my wrist, and most of the time I just want to see what the time is. Yeah, the problem with that is that if if the motion sensing was absolutely perfect and spot on, that wouldn't be a problem. But often it isn't. Often you you have to do a slightly exaggerated twisting motion to get it to come on. Um, that's and, what I mean. And particularly and if, you, if, you're, like if you're holding something, that can be quite difficult. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I would I would really like it if it would just always have just a tiny little time. Just show me the time. That's yeah. all I really care about. Most of the time, anyways. I, I mean, uh, it is supposed to have improved Siri function, so maybe you can yell, yell at Siri to tell you the time. Um, I don't know. I, I'm interested to try one. I, I, it's funny. When I first bought the Apple Watch, I, I kind of said to myself, well, I'm not going to get on the kind of the yearly upgrade cycle thing. Um, right. And I, yeah, I kind of have. <laughs> well, but the thing is, the thing you're is, you're a be- tech fan. Yeah, well, and not only that as well, because you can trade them off um, if you actually, you know, trade off the the previous previous year's model and buy a new one. You're not actually paying. This is this is the argument I make whenever I get caught doing this. You're not actually paying that much extra. <laughs> you know, so. Um, she did she let you get away with that? Uh, most of the time, she's not really aware of it. Let's just keep it at that, shall we? Yeah. She doesn't listen to the show. She doesn't listen. My she, wife doesn't well, listen yeah, to the show. You know what? But Randall, Randall uh, my mum's friend, does listen, and he tends to talk about these things. So, shh, Randall. Randall. Don't Randall. Don't do it, Randall. Yeah. yeah. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> um, uh, so, the iPhones look interesting. Uh, I, yeah. I'm still of the opinion that iPhone Max and iPhone... Are oh, I, I? I think this is this terrible product. I, I I listened to to your um, short show last week, and and I, I broadly agree with you. I, I think the names are gr- aren't great. I think Max is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it sounds like, it does sound like something one of their competitors would do. Yes, um, my, I'm also disappointed because. As far as I was concerned, I think what they should have done is they should have killed the eight and the seven when they did this. If they really... That, that's We're all starting to say it now, but I think that's what Steve would have done. I remember very clearly when he took the iPod Mini, which at the time was the best-selling iPod, and he said, yeah, we like the iPod Mini, but now we're going to replace it with something even better. And, and the they, iPod and, Nano and the came iPod out. Nano, yeah, and it blew everybody away. I think yeah. they had an opportunity to do that this year with the uh, 10R. Um, another thing about the names you didn't mention last week is that when you write them down, everyone's going to start saying XS and XR. They um, can't help it. That's, yeah, because, I mean, it, cause, because we're programmed to see letters as letters. <laughs> yes. you know? So uh, I think, I, yeah, I think branding-wise, it's it's not a great look. I, I also, I'm very confused by this rollout because... Realistically, the 10R is so, so much better value than the 10S and the 10S yeah. Max. It's it's almost like, well, why does the 10S even need to exist? You know. Well, the screen. Well, um, yeah, but you, you know, the thing about the screen. Don't get me wrong. If you put an OLED screen versus an LCD screen side by side, you're gonna want the OLED. It's gonna look much much better. Well, they're but, just so much smoother yeah, looking. Yeah, exactly. But most people do not shop by taking one screen technology and other and putting them side by side and saying, no. let's pick the best one. Yeah, And you pick up the, even the 8 Plus, or I'm, sh- I'm sure the 10R will be the same, with an LCD screen today, and you pick it up and you think, my God, this screen's gorgeous. Yes, yep. the OLED could be more gorgeous, but you don't look at the, L- the LED screens and go, oh, well, the- this is second fiddle. You look at them and you think, these are fantastic. So... I th- 
that differentiation between the OLED screen and the, and the uh, LCD screen is is a weak differentiation, in my view. And it and it the problem is, I you, there's such a big price gap. You're talking about a three hundred dollar price gap between the two phones, yeah. and they are so close in specification. Apart from and the, the screen and the camera, screen. and the R has a bigger screen, and the yeah. R has the colours, which I'm sorry looks so much better. Than yeah, just, but everyone puts their phone in a case anyway. Well, you know, you know, maybe this one they won't. But the thing is, even when yeah, you they will. I, even if you do put it in a case, when you're buying it, you look at it and you think, oh, God, you know, something about that colour underneath glass, it looks really, really nice. And I think, um, I, I wonder if they're going to see a real dent in the 10s and the 10s Max sales. Maybe not the 10s Max, because there are people who want the best phone possible and then they want a bigger screen. But I, the 10s, I think, is, uh, is a bit of a uh, red-headed stepchild. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and it, I've got to be honest with you... I missed the beginning of the keynote. I watched the video afterwards of them doing the whole Mission Impossible thing. And you know what? I think it it, it was very well executed, but it, the punchline was such a low bar for me that I was yeah. watching it. You could see what it was coming, and I thought to it, you know, this is one of those ideas that sounded better in the committee room than it, than it actually is when it's executed. Um, you know, Tim Cook, God love him, he, he, you know, he's a great logistics guy he's a good ceo of apple i won't say he's the great ceo he's a good ceo but he doesn't play in that um acting space well at all so he came across really badly and i have to say i think the whole presentation it 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 to me watching it it felt a little bit like phoning it in I, never, I didn't see it yeah well i i watched i watched the the phone pre- phone part of the presentation and you know, there was an awful lot of the same buzzwords and everything like that, and it just felt like they were trying to g themselves up to do it, but their heart wasn't really in it. Um, and and it, you know, maybe now you said last week maybe it's because we're getting old and jaded. Maybe that's just me being old and jaded. But it just, it, even though the product should have been exciting, the the whole presentation did not excite me at all. You know, so I can't say I disagree. From what I saw, it, it seemed like the same presentation is last year it's just like really didn't i just watch this yeah it wasn't exciting on any level to me yeah so uh, and, yeah. It, and it was kind of spoiled by the fact that all the details leaked out 24 hours before and and i was hoping that they weren't because when i saw the naming convention i yeah. was like Ugh. but you know what apple is it what i don't understand with apple now what is the point of having you know the secure labs and people not knowing what they're working on and you know people being given products in false cases and with hidden software and features disabled and fake products so that if they leak them you can track down who it was what's the point of going to all that effort if 24 hours before we do a presentation some dummy posts some website or or some url on the web that gives this stuff away it, yep. you know it, it seems like they've gone to all that effort and then just 24 hours before they kind of screwed everything up yeah it, it's kind of well, half of it this year came because of a sitemap on the yeah, on their own website. Exactly. Yeah, I that's mean, what, this is what I'm talking hello. about. You know, how, it used to be a time when nothing appeared on the web until the whole uh, the whole website went down during the presentation. So yeah. why not do that again? <laughs> why not not put anything online anywhere until the products are launched? <laughs> you know, it seems like a no brainer to me as well. I, I, it's it's dumbfounding, but. I'm also a little over Apple's, oh, everything's a big secret to the big reveal. That's just, it's, number one, none of them are Steve Jobs, okay? Yeah. So you're not pulling off 
the exciting keynote. And I, I know I can't stand when people do this. Oh, Steve Jobs. He's not alive, so get over it. But I'm sorry. Nobody at Apple, including Tim Cook, can pull off the excitement that a Steve Jobs did. I mean, I, you don't feel like they believe in the product the way he did. When he talked about a product in a keynote, you felt his enthusiasm. Yeah. I think I think it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a corporate thing. It was Steve Jobs and this is his new thing. Yeah. And with the rest of the guys nowadays, it's their job. Yeah, I think that that kind of summarizes how I felt about watching the bits of the keynote I did see this year is is it felt like everyone was doing it because they had to. Um, yep. and and a lot of the enthusiasm felt a little bit forced and therefore to me certainly came across as a bit fake. Yep. So we do want to uh, give a shout out to the other shows in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Uh, we've got the Essential Apple Podcast that's posted uh, almost every week. Uh, of course, the MyMac Podcast, geekiest show ever, uh, Tech Fan. That's a show that that's up there sometimes. Uh, let's talk Apple and let's tar- talk photography from Bart. He always has really good guests. Uh, geekiest show ever. I don't know if I said that already. Uh, and Club Nintendo. Those mm-hmm. are all shows that you, the listener, can listen to for free. Most of those sh- shows are an hour long, unlike when David and I do a solo show and we cut it way down. Um, it's free content. You got an iPhone? Got an Android device? You want to listen to something? Drive into work? There you go. Yeah. Hour. You can listen to a different show every single day, driving to and from work. Thanks to the MyMac Podcasting Network. So keep that in mind the next time you're looking for a new show. Give one of our other shows a try. If you like if you like Tech Fan, you're going to like the MyMac Podcast. You're going to like Geekiest Show Ever. You're going to like Three Geeky Ladies. Yep. You can download them all for free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Go to Apple's uh, a podcast store or, of course, uh, Google has it as well. And whatever your favorite yeah. player is, you could find it. Having, have, you want a, yeah, you want have, a complete list? Yep. These these podcasts are all free. But if after listening to all of them, you feel inclined to give us money, then that's okay too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just you know, get it. eBay or uh, PayPal is yeah. publisher at mymac.com. Yeah, just hook us up. Tell <laughs> us tell us where you want the money to go to, and uh, we'll pass it straight on to the broadcaster. Of course, we won't have to take a uh, processing fee, but um, yeah. that's just business. 90%. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's stuff that isn't free. Someone pays for it and. All those shows that are hosted at the MyMac podcast, oh, that comes out of my pocket. The only one that I think that is not actually hosted on the MyMac servers is the Essential Apple podcast. Right. Um, Got to give a shout out real quick here to OWC, our sponsor. Mm. David, when we were at MacStock uh, this last year, I know you weren't there, or that not last year, but this year, Yeah, uh, we had the MyMac game show, Guy and I. And we had all four of the USB-C travel docks to give away, and we gave all of them away. And they are a really cool product. It's it's very tiny. It's about the size of an Apple TV. Uh, you get a space gray one or a gold, silver, rose gold. These are fabulous little travel docks. You get two USB-3 ports, uh, a, another USB-C an SD card reader, an HDMI 2.0 port, supports 4K resolution, uh, fully compatible all the way up to Thunderbolt 3, and, of course, 
two years of OWC limited warranty. Yeah. So now, great product. Yeah. It's sixty bucks, uh, and it's, it's worth saying. You know, this is stuff that's been properly researched and found to be compatible. There's a lot of dodgy USB-C gear out there yep. on Amazon. Um, so, you know, some of it is cheaper, but you get what you pay for. This, you're getting something that actually looks like your Mac uh, and is really, really well built. They uh, it, it constantly ama- hit the microphone there. It constantly amazes me how many people will buy. Uh, a $1,500 Apple computer, and then they plug a little $20 White dock plastic into it. dock hanging off the side, yeah. Yeah, you're like, well, what? do you know if that thing's of good quality? Yeah. Could you fry your USB port or USB-C port yeah, if you plug that in? Yeah, you've got 12-inch MacBook, and you uh, fry the USB-C port, then it's game over, because that's the only thing on there. That's it. Yeah. yeah, you don't have another port, so... Yeah, get get quality products. Something that you know it's going to be backed up by the company. You can follow their the the guy who founded the company, Larry, on on uh, Twitter if you wanted to. He'll respond to you if you send him an email yep. or send him a tweet. So keep that in mind next time you need something like the OS or the <laughs> uh, the OWC travel doc. Um, I had a question three weeks ago. From a listener, I never read it here on the show, and uh, they asked about OWC Radio. Mm-hmm. They went and tried to listen to some, and they weren't online anymore. And so I actually reached out to OWC and asking, hey, if, if you're not going to host this, do you mind if I post these on my Mac? Because this is some really good stuff. It, not all of it was um, topical, i.e., it, it's only good that episode because i'm talking about the latest apple news or something a lot of it was interviews and as you know david interviews have a very long shelf life Mm -hmm. well all of the original owbc radios the 1.0 show is back online and they're working on bringing the uh owbc radio 2.0 back online as well so that's i I, i'm happy about that so i don't have to host them on my mac they're going to be back up on owbc and there might be more news about that here in the near future. We'll see. Excellent. Um, jumping back into our show notes, Amazon also had a event, and they released 14, I think. Did they actually Products? release them, or did they just announce them? Well, they announced yeah. them. They announced them. Yeah. I don't think anything's available yet. So they released a, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep saying released, but announced, uh, a new Echo Dot. It looks different. Yeah, that, that's just, uh, apparently Echo Dot is um, the be- one of the best-selling, or they, I think they actually said in this event that it's the best-selling speaker in the world. You know what, I can believe it. I Pretty much yeah. everybody I know who has an Echo Dot absolutely adores them. Um, they're cheap. 70% yeah. louder, they said. Yeah, they're cheap, they're flexible, they're uh, easy to use. And yeah, these ones kind of look nice. They've now got um, kind of a fabric band round, and uh, they've really updated the speaker. So um, this is the first one I think I might give that a shot. It's it's forty nine ninety nine. It starts shipping in October. Yeah, and that's and also as well the the, the great thing about the dot is uh, it's always on sale. Anytime Amazon has any sort of holiday sale, then you can normally get ten fifteen dollars off that. So right. um, uh, and you'll probably be able to pick the old ones for cheap as well if you're uh, interested in those. So um, I'd, I'd always recommend the Echo. In fact, I they make great gifts. I bought a whole load of them as gifts for different people because you know they're they're kind of in a, in a nice price range as a gift. Um, they're often something people wouldn't buy for themselves if they've not thought about it, uh, and um, they're already always well received. 
the next product I'm kind of interested in, but I'm trying to figure out if I need it or not. Mm-hmm. It's the Echo Auto. So it, it goes in your car. And if I'm not, yeah, it plugs into your stereo system via USB. So obviously you have to have a, a compatible car stereo. Yep. Uh, either Apple CarPlay or uh, Android Auto. And, for instance, if you've got a, um, a music thing at, at Amazon, you can just tell it to play songs, and it will play the songs through your car stereo. Yeah, so it's, it's connecting to your phone and using that right. as a conduit to Amazon. And So is this thing always on, then, like connected to the Internet? Yeah, I think so. I think it, I think it works kind of the same way as an Echo Dot does, but it's in your car and it's using your phone connection Data. rather than your right. broadband connection. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. And then you can also, like if you want direction somewhere, it will send it to Google Maps or Apple Maps or Waze. That's pretty cool. By the way, obviously with iOS 12 just releasing, I finally have Google Maps on my uh, Apple CarPlay. And and is it everything you expect it to be? So much better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Waze is still in beta testing, so that's mm-hmm. not... I didn't download the the beta. I'll, I'll wait for it to officially come out. I heard it's kind of limited. But, yeah, it's so much better than Apple Maps. It just is. I said this last week. But, yeah. Um, the Okay, the next one is... It's called the, the Echo Input. You plug this into speakers you already own, and it basically turns those speakers into Amazon speakers, the Echoes. So if you've already got speakers, just plug this into it, and it works. That is a pretty good idea. Yeah, because one, cause one of the things that one of the downsides of these types of devices is that if you're really into music and you have a nice system, you kind of have to downgrade your speaker, even if you buy the uh, the Apple one. You you know to get to get to your iTunes library and the and the, the Apple HomePod. It's yeah, I I certainly think this it sounds very good for what it is, even though it's expensive. But obviously, if you have a proper hi-fi system or a a, a dual set of speakers, it's it's that's always going to sound better than a single unit. Oh, yeah. So to be able to effectively turn your home hi-fi system into uh, an Echo is is a very clever idea. Uh, the second generation Echo Plus comes out or is coming out, hundred forty nine ninety nine, so hundred fifty bucks. Um, it also has a temperature sensor in it that can trigger smart home stuff. So, like if the temperature drops below a certain degrees, it'll kick on the furnace. Or more appropriate, probably if it gets too hot, the air conditioning will come on. That's pretty cool. I think that that is a feature. Um, that a lot of people will like, and it st- it looks kind of similar to what it did before, um, but they say this one will work even if your internet connection goes down, which I always thought was a stupid thing with the first. It's well, if my internet goes down, then this thing's just not going to work at all. Yeah, um, this one will. I wonder what it will do. Yeah, I wonder how that work. It looks interesting. It's it's kind of the hub for Echo in your house. Yeah, that's kind of the that's how they bill it. Um. One of the problems a lot of people have with the Echo speakers, though, is it doesn't have any bass or nothing to write home about. Well, they released, or they are going to release, uh, the Echo Sub, 130 bucks. It doesn't say how big the Sub is, 
I think it's probably a six-inch sub. Yeah, it, it, look, I'm looking on TechCrunch, there's a picture of it here next to uh, some of the other devices, and yeah, six, six, seven inches maybe, not terribly tall, so it's not too uh, too obtrusive, but the advantage of a sub is you can kind of stick it anywhere, because base, right. base is... it's down-firing, yeah. so it'll, it'll sound good. Yeah. Um, that's this that's is a smart a, thing. This, you know what, I've got a feeling you, you put this with... Uh, with probably any of the other echoes, including that new Echo Dot with a better speaker, and you've yeah. probably radically improved the quality of the music. Yeah, I think that this is all spelling, quite frankly, doom and gloom for Apple speaker systems. Oh, this, this whole thing, I mean, you only launch a suite 14 products for your particular platform if you're very confident that you're going to that you're winning the race and you want to yeah. basically push into everything. I'd, I'll tell you, you should be Apple. sorry about this. Um, Apple are probably not too concerned because, you know what, I think HomePod is a little bit of a niche thing anyway. Um, yeah. but I, I tell think you, it's been a dismal failure. Yeah, but I tell you, Google should be worried by this. Cause, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's who this is aimed at, yeah, no question. Yeah. Second generation Echo Show, uh, 230 bucks. Um, it's like a little tablet that's on your desk. Yep. It does, you know, voice calling or um, video calling and all that. It's got a Skype app. Um, eh, that doesn't excite me too much. Uh, Alexa Guard plugs into your, uh, I, I guess. I didn't even read about this one. Let's see. Home security is what it is. This is, a, yeah, this is a. A, f- a feature that's going to be added to Alexa. So it, this works with all these devices. So basically, it um, it looks like that you uh, program different security features to it, and then Alexa is, works with it. So, for instance, it listens for things like glass being broken, or um, it'll turn on lights at random yeah, intervals, so or it looks uh, like more yeah, natural. Or it'll 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 listen if you have an independent smoke alarm in the house. It'll listen and then um, respond if it hears hears a smoke alarm going off. Here's the next one. I, this one's kind of out of left field. Amazon Basics Microwave. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the one. With the, this was the one that Jeff came up with himself. <laughs> Everything yeah. else came from the Alexa team, but Jeff went, "You know what? I think what we really need is we need a microwave with Alexa built in." So, hey, Alexis, cook this at 100 and, or a minute and a half at medium heat. Well, the, the thing is, is this is this is a smart home device, so it doesn't actually have Alexa built in. You need to right. have a separate device, like a, a right. dot or something. But basically, you can use the uh, any nearby Echo device to uh, basically drive the microwave. I guess this is a product the world has been waiting for. Um, they also have a wall clock now. Now, the wall clock, funnily enough, as soon as I mentioned the wall clock, my wife went, oh, I really want one of those. That one's kind of interesting because you can set timers and alarms uh, just using your voice. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. And not only that as well, the the clever thing is you set a 10-minute timer. It uses LEDs on the dial to actually show that timer going down. So it it basically gives you – it takes the – a lot of people use timers in the kitchen with Alexa, and it takes that and gives you a visual representation of it for thirty bucks. This is this is the sort of thing that actually is you go, oh, these guys are clever because yeah, you know that's what, a, you're that's taking a price point that anybody can afford. Yeah, but you're taking one product that's already very useful and you're giving it an add-on that probably makes it two to three times as useful for, right. for one particular function. That's really, really smart. And of course, you know, yep. the more devices you have, the less likely you are to go and plump, plump for somebody else's solution. So Sonos's big thing is multi-room audio. 
Um, they have a Echo Link, which is amplifiers, and it kind of controls all the speakers in your house. It looks pretty good. Um, it's got built-in 60-watt, two-channel amplifier. Uh, it's not inexpensive. I don't see the price on here, but it's okay, fine. Uh, last thing we'll talk about. Um, well, actually, there's a couple more. Um, Firecast, or I'm sorry, Fire TV Recast. Yep. So it's basically a DVR for over-the-air content. You, you get your uh, HD antenna, you plug it into this. This obviously will plug into a fire stick if you want it to, or I don't know if it's standalone or I think it's standalone. Um, not inexpensive though, David. Uh, two tuner model uh, will let you record two shows at once. 500 gigabyte of DVR space for 230 bucks. Yeah. But you know what? If you're a cable cutter, this might be pretty freaking cool. Well, not only that, I mean, the clever thing about this is this. Once the video is recorded, it then streams to your to anywhere to anywhere in your house, including your phones, yeah. uh, and that's to me is where this is smart. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously DVR is, has been has been um, you know it's been there for many many years now, but to be able to because obviously this is a fire it's a fire device as well, so you're already getting all the Amazon content. Which, yep. it, it, which you know, it drives Prime and, and that sort of thing. But now and you're going to be able to record, yeah, and Netflix and all of that. But now you're going to be able to get all that other stuff as well. Your uh, local your channels. Your local channels. And it will give you a program kind yeah, as well. Yeah, and it basically, it basically means that all of that is now, is now streamable over your... Uh, over your uh, network, internal network. I think it, I think it's pretty smart. Um, I suspect they're going for the uh, the higher end TV households with the pricing. I agree. Yeah, but you know what? If this takes off, then you guarantee that within twelve months there'll be a a tiny little puck device that's probably not quite as good that does the same thing. Um, simple Wi-Fi setup. So let's say you already have an Amazon device that's on your home network. Uh, simple Wi-Fi setup will take your cloud-stored uh, settings for your Wi-Fi network and just turn everything on. Yeah. It, it will just work. That's smart. Mm-hmm. It's also a little scary. Yeah. But, uh, and then Amazon Smart Plug, which is just uh, exactly what it sounds like. You plug it into a wall socket, you plug the device into that, and you can tell Alexa to turn that plug on. Yeah, but again, you know, that's a smart product for Amazon to do because lots of people today will buy smart plugs from other companies like D-Link yeah. and Netgear and stuff like that. And then you have to try and get them working with uh, with your Alexa device. They will say they, they do, but having done this a couple of times, it's sometimes not intuitive. You have to use right. normally some janky iOS or Android app from the supplier to get it working. Um, and for Amazon to kind of take that and combine that with the, the, that wireless technology you talked about to make it effectively seamless plug-and-play, um, yeah, provide, it's 25 I, bucks, yeah, by the way. Uh, well, you know what the funny thing is? Here in the UK, it appeared briefly on their website, uh, and the UK version was like £160. So I don't know. I, I'm hoping that was just a glitch. Yeah, that's got to be a glitch. Yeah. There's no way it's that much more money so, over there. But, you know, again, it's about that they're, they're, they're really building up an ecosystem with this product now, and that, that's smart. Well, I have the smart Zuli plugs, and I use them for one of my... Um, Neo Geo arcade machine, one on my Pac-Man arcade machine, and one on my uh, Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. But the downside is i got to pull out my iPhone or my iPad, launch that app, and then turn it on there. It'd be a lot better if I just said, 
you know, Alexa, turn on my turn on Pac-Man. Yeah, and it just did it. I I have a um a smart light bulb in my bedroom that's Alexa enabled, and I tell you, once you get used to it, because it, the first few times you do it, you feel a little bit odd. We have um. What's the uh, Echo device we have up there now? It's the little one with the screen. So not the show, but the little round one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're uh, talking yeah. about. Um, so we have that in the bedroom. Uh, and basically, yeah, you walk in the bedroom and at night and you say, uh, you know, turn on the lights and the light comes on. And then if it's too bright, you know, you say, dim the lights 30% and it, you know, it does it all. It's, it's very, very intuitive. Uh, Last thing is the Ring stick-up cam. Uh, it's a video camera, you know, for security systems, uh, indoor and outdoor, and it's either wired or wireless, and battery power. If you want the battery power one, they're both 180 bucks. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been looking at the Ring stuff um, because my wife is very keen to get some security cameras around the house, but we don't want to do a lot of expensive wiring. So, so uh, you can get cheap cameras now that's uh, wi-fi enabled i've got a couple in the house yeah but the problem with the cheap ones is that they are cheap and yep. um they break a lot and normally the software is in chinese and a very yeah and it's use. terrible yeah yeah so um again you know having something that's got the backing of amazon behind it that is hopefully well designed and, and works well um i'm just interested with the outdoor version of this with the battery how exactly that works so well, especially in my environment when we get really really cold i mean yeah Unless you've been in Michigan in, in February and January, you don't know cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be curious on how that works in extreme low temperatures. And the flip side is that extreme hot temperatures in yeah. Arizona, for instance. How's that going to work if the sun hits it and starts baking this thing? So, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. I think you're absolutely right. Um, looking at this uh, lineup of product announcements, which I wasn't expecting, uh, Google's in trouble and Apple's in trouble. Yeah. They're just... They're broadening, broadening their offerings in a very, very good way. Yeah. You bought um, something pretty cool. Want to talk about it? Listen to it. Clicky. <laughs> Clicky. Here's so, the funny thing. We both bought new keyboards without the other person knowing. Exactly, yeah. So um, I forget how I came across this now. I think it was must messing around Reddit and I found out about this. This is the Ann Pro 2. 60% size mechanical keyboard and this has been quite the uh, quite the topic of, of discussion over in the mechanical keyboard sections of Reddit this keyboard um, it is from a Chinese company um, it's very reasonably priced for what it is they're using you know they, anybody who's, who knows about mechanical keyboards know that, that the, the gold standard is these cherry MX switches and they come in diff- yeah. different colours with different feels and this sort of thing they are using clone switches that are meant to be nearly as good as cherry you can um you can get the board in a variety of different uh, colors and styles. Being 60% means it's, it's kind of like a laptop-sized keyboard. It, this, this My particular model is missing arrow keys, but they use um, kind of some smart technology. So you can use on the um, right-hand side of the, of the keyboard the function keys and the shift key as arrow keys if you tap them, but then you hold them down, they use the real function. Uh, it's got full RGB backlighting. And Bluetooth, so you can use it either wired or wireless. Um, and it's a really, really nice keyboard to type on. 
I mean, hmm. I mean, it really, what's eighty dollars? Uh, fifty, yeah. I, th- I think I paid about fifty, sixty dollars for it. I think there was a sale going on at the time. One of the problems you can have with it is that uh, I, I bought mine from Banggood, which is one of those Chinese export sites, and you know what? Came yeah. came pretty quickly. And that, that was anybody who's ever been worrying about you worried about using one of those sites. I tell you, it was a it was as easy as buying something off Amazon or eBay. It was very, very straightforward, and the thing came quickly. Um, the problem is, is that this thing is out of stock quite a lot because there's a lot of demand for it. So you do have to watch out for it. Um, but it is very, very nice. This the the software is in development, so um, they have a, a really nice application that comes with it that allows you to PC, uh, PC or Mac. Um, allows you to change the backlighting, reprogram the thing. You can put macros into it. You can change the. It comes with a key puller, so you can put your own keys on there if you want to, and then change the mapping. It's really, really. It does all the things that kind of the mechanical keyboard crowd like to be able to do, which is kind of hot rod their keyboards. But if you don't want to do any of that, and you just want a nice feeling, relatively inexpensive, well-made keyboard, this is very, very nice. This has replaced my. Um, my Apple Extended Keyboard 2, which um, I love and I uh, really like using, but in our new office, because we're now hot desking, it's just too big to be taking in and out all the time. So I was looking for something small and more portable, and this is, yeah, this is really, really nice. I went the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I've been using a PC keyboard that lights up and I could change the colors and key mapping, but I can never get it working 100% correct. The command key, uh, the Apple command key on it never worked correctly. Right. Neither did the option. Um, I tried so many different fixes to get it to work like a Mac keyboard, and it just never did. Mm-hmm. But I liked the glowing, you know. It, I, I like to be able to see the letters and my keyboard itself when the room is dark. Yeah. So I wanted a light-up keyboard. So I just kind of suffered through because there was really nothing out there for the Mac that had a good light-up keyboard that was worth a damn. So I get an email a couple weeks ago now um, from McCallie about their new full-size USB wired backlit keyboard. So it's a black keyboard, and it has a, a nice LED you know, light up for the, for the characters on the key. It doesn't light the whole key up like this thing that you have. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the, the characters on the key itself. It's not really bright, but in a dark room, you don't need it really bright. And you can turn on and off uh, the lights if you want to. But it is an actual Mac keyboard. There was no mapping I had to do, and it works 100% of the time. I'm extremely impressed with it. Typing on it is a dream. It's so much better than that crappy uh, PC keyboard that I was using. Uh-huh. Now, is it as good as, say, uh, an Extended 2 from Apple? No. That's... One of the best. I still like the IBM Model M better. That's my all-time favorite keyboard, but it's just too freaking loud, and I couldn't. It wouldn't light up. Yeah. So I actually got one of these. Um, I'm extremely pleased with it. It's quieter than yours. Here's me typing on it. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot quieter than yours. Yeah. So it's not a, a mechanical keyboard, but I'm extremely happy with my purchase. It cost fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, I paid uh, less than that. I got it on sale, but I'm happy. I think it's a great keyboard, and it does exactly what I wanted to do. And with this, as a Mac user, I don't have to freaking worry about trying to remap keys or, you know, it just works the way any other Mac keyboard will work. And that's what I was going for. I wanted backlighting, and I want it to be a Mac keyboard. This is the first one that I found 
that looked promising, and I can say uh, enthusiastically that Matt Kelly really, really delivered on this. Cool. So, two keyboard guys this week. How about that? Yes. Funny how that works out. Let's uh, <clears throat> quickly talk about our uh, Wikipedia entry. Wiki trolling. Where are we going this week? Down the Wikipedia I went, alley. Yeah. I, the, it's a 10-year-old product at this point. It's the iPhone 3G. And in anticipation of talking about it, David, I've got my iPhone 3G right here in my hand. And it says, no SIM card installed. iPhone 3G, what a weird name. That'll never take off. Yeah. <laughs> we might be wrong about that. Um, this is my original 3G. It uh, has a small little crack on the back of it. <laughs> uh, cheap, Not the glass. The glass cheaply is made rubbish. This was Brooks. Uh, I'm going to say glorified iPod Touch mm-hmm. because that's pretty much all it was in the last couple of years of its usage. She has her own iPhone now, so this sits on my uh, my little tray. You know, I've got that multicolor tray thing. Yeah. Um, it's been sitting up there forever. Um, let me see what OS is running because it looks like a boy. I tell you what, key lag is just terrible. But when this first came out. It was awesome. Well, which um, which version of iOS have you got in there? That's what I'm. I just I had to do a search for because she's got everything buried in. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's actually connected to the internet. Through uh, I I didn't realize it was still connected. It is running. Come on, I just clicked general. Come on, there we go. And about it's thinking about it. Still thinking about it. Was it this slow when it came out? It couldn't have been this. No, slow. it wasn't. Uh, this is why why I'm asking the question because iOS four kind of killed the three G. Yeah, 4.21. Yeah, there you go. So, unfortunately, this was when we first started to realize that Apple iOS updates killed all the hardware because they put too much stuff in. Uh, yeah, and, and this one is, it's almost unusable. It's so slow yeah. doing anything. It really is. Which is a shame because when I first got this phone, I loved it. I even did a video uh, that was, it's still up on uh, the MyMax uh, YouTube page. Um Comparing the original, oh no, no, that, I'm thinking of a different one. I did it, but I did this one compared to the iPhone four, right? And the four's video was so much better than this because this was the first phone. The three G was the first one that would record video, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I just pushed the home button and nothing's happening. Push it again. Push it again. There it goes. Yeah, it's so laggy; it's almost unusable. Um, still keeps a good charge, though. I mean. I haven't had this thing plugged in in months. I plugged it in and battery charged right up. No problem. It wasn't completely dead. Here's the thing about the iPhone 3G. It just feels really good in your hand. It really does. Yeah. It's it's It feels like a very durable quality product, which is kind of what Apple introduced with the first generation iPhone. This is technically the second generation iPhone. Now, a lot of people who... Maybe we're too young thinking, oh, iPhone 3G, that's like the third phone. Yeah. No, it's not. It's actually the second phone, which we hated at the time. We're like, why? It should be iPhone 2. Yeah. But no, they call it the iPhone 3G. Because it used, um, three, used the 3G. It was 3G, 3G capable. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but when it came out, it was a huge seller. Remember, everybody wanted the 3G because all the shortcomings from the original iPhone was addressed with the 3G. And, of course, the iPhone 3G was the first one that supported uh, natively, or at least when it was released, the App Store. Yeah. 
you know, and you could download apps to it, and it was relatively fast at the time. I mean, obviously, I shouldn't have upgraded this to iOS 4 because it's so laggy, it's unusable. But it was a great phone when it came out. I remember buying the iPhone 3G at launch. I was so excited for it. Yeah, I I think I did too. I think I queued up and got it on the day. It was introduced uh, June 9th, 2008 at WWDC 08 uh, in Moscone Center. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. It came with uh, iPhone OS 2.0, which is probably where you should have kept it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was either in black or white, and that was the 16 gig. The 8 gig only came in black. Uh, I think mine is the 16 gig version. I'm not going to... It's so laggy, I'm not even going to bother to turn it on. Um, oh, no, it came bundled with uh, the new iPhone OS 3.0 firmware. Um, they discontinued this phone in June of 2010. So it stayed out there for two years. That's not too bad. Yeah. Those were the uh, days. Oh, look at this. Here we go. Um, the 8 gigabyte iPhone 3GS selling for the same price of $99 with a two-year contract. Wow. I didn't realize it was that cheap. That can't be right. No, but you, you don't remember back then. That's that's the way you were basically you were paying a lot more than that, but your two-year contract yeah, included. Yeah, you locked it in. Yeah, the night you included some subsidy, and then yeah. you were locked in for two years. And if you wanted to get out of it, you had to pay the entire. You basically had to pay the entire contract off. Yeah, I'm trying to see what the actual price was because I don't see it on here. Uh, do a search price. Yeah, it doesn't say what the actual price was of an iPhone 3GS. Let's see what the uh, Wayback Machine says. Yeah, that's probably about the only place you're going to find it at this point. So the iPhone 3GS uh, back featured a redesigned polycarbonate plastic housing, replacing the aluminum back of the first generation iPhone. Uh, buttons were changed from plastic to metal, and the edges of the iPhone, uh, the 3G, was tapered. I do remember thinking it just felt better in your hand. It was a better grip. Um, and it was the first color option. So yeah. you can get a white one instead of... Well, then again, the 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 original one wasn't black. It was the, the metal, except the bottom quarter of it was black, where all the antennas and all that was located. Um, yeah, it had a yeah. proximity sensor, which was repositioned to save battery power. Um, most of the 3G's internal hardware was based on the original iPhone, still included the Samsung 32-bit Risk Arm uh, 11 620 megahertz processor, but it was underclocked to 412, probably because it was too hot running at the high end. Um, 120 megabytes of RAM, of uh, DRAM, I should say. Had a rear camera, two megapixels. Whoo, whole two megapixels. But you know what, David? It. I remember taking pictures with my 3GS, and I still have all those pictures. They're in my iTunes library, or my uh, photos library. Yeah, they still look good. They look. They. It took good pictures. It's. Uh, it, yeah, I mean the the thing of thing back then is is you know even then it, people realized that you would put up with a, a less good camera because you always had it with you. Um, but Apple very quickly realized with the release of the first iPhone that they need to concentrate on the camera. So by the standards of the time, the, the camera wasn't too shabby at all. 
Um, and no, of course, it's only I, ever I liked it. only ever gotten better and better. Now I, I'm looking. I'm it, amazing enough. Apple's website back then as well was also funnily. Um, KG on the price of the 3G and I remember this now the reason was that Steve Jobs when he announced it said that it wouldn't be be more than $199 anywhere in the world right but of course that was a price with a contract so that wasn't the real price right so (laughs) I just wanted to buy it without a contract yeah then I think think you were paying about $640 their their website was terrible at the time and here it says uh, phone, iPod, and internet in one fast 3G, starting at one ninety nine. Yeah, that's that's as I was saying. That's how they marketed it. They basically made it sound really cheap. Be- so I just clicked the learn more, and I want to see what pops up on here. And this is from July twenty first, two thousand and eight, um, and it doesn't say pricing on this page at all. No, it's still doing the whole phone, iPod, internet thing that Steve Jobs famously did. Uh, 3G speed, maps with GPS. Oh, see, that was the other thing that came out with the iPhone 3GS. You got GPS. Yeah. It, and you had maps. Remember how cool that was? Yeah, of course, it was Google Maps back then, wasn't it? Because that was before Apple Maps had come along. It was, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, more languages. I, f- I, I mean, I, I consider this amazing that you can bounce all around the site here, and then nowhere does it tell you how much the damn thing costs. No, I just yeah, I even clicked the Apple Retail Store. Visit an Apple Retail Store, and I'm seeing what comes up. And uh, no, it's just yeah, it, it, you cannot find out how much this damn thing costs. Yeah, because they they uh, back then only rich people went and bought phones without a contract. You know, in fact, I, I I'm I'm trying to. Uh, I wonder if even back then whether you could even buy it contractless. I, yeah, I, you know, maybe um, you had to buy it with an AT and T contract. Hmm. I'm thinking of... Um, I can't believe we can't remember. It was only eight years ago. Yeah, right. We were doing the show then. I know. That's what I mean. Can you believe that we were doing Tech Fan when the iPhone 3G came out, David? Yeah. No, we didn't, because that was 2009. We didn't start this show until 2010. 2010. Um, factory unlocked 3G. No, it, I can't find the price anywhere. Must have been free. It's just nobody knew how to ask for it. As expected, the new Apple iPhone 3GS is out. So this is the 3GS, not the 3G. We were right. The photos of the new phone were iPhone 3GS will cost 199 for 16 gig and 299 32 gig for new qualifying customers. Yeah, but what if I'm not qualifying? I just want to buy it. I guess you couldn't. Yeah, maybe you could. Is couldn't. that what it was? Maybe, maybe you couldn't. Maybe you had to buy it with a carrier lock, carrier contract. Yeah, it's quite possible because that was the thing then. Um, I really like the iPhone 3G. It cemented that the iPhone was here to stay. Uh, it wasn't a fad. It was a, at that point, it wasn't quite the runaway success that it would be in, until it hit, quite honestly, the 4 and the 4S. That's when the iPhone completely exploded everywhere. It was at the iPhone 4 when you really started seeing how many in the wild was it was unbelievable um it was at the 3g point if you saw someone with one you were like oh they got an iphone Mm. um 3gs kind of the same but at the four level and remember the four was the last one that steve jobs actually launched the 4s was for steve remember 
I remember. Because uh, it was right after he passed yeah. away, or right around that time. Yep. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was an amazing product when it came out, and you just didn't see it everywhere. Now, yeah, you see iPhones everywhere, you don't think twice about it. But at the 3G, which I had one, and I'm sure you had one at the same time, yeah. um, it was something to have. It was different. It was one of those things that when you saw it, you knew what you were looking at. It was almost a, what's the word I'm looking for? A status symbol, yeah. if you will. Yeah, that's, that's definitely when it when it really started to get that get to that level. Yeah, yeah. Up until the the first iPhone was more of a novelty thing. You're like, oh, it's, that's that iPhone I've heard about. People kind of wanted to see it, but they didn't think much beyond that. They're like, ah, oh, that's expensive. Because remember, until the iPhone came out, it was like ninety nine cent phones. Yeah. You know? They were giving phones away, the little cheap flip phones or the the cool one was the razor. And then the iPhone came out, it was so different. Then the three G comes out, it's faster three G network. There's an app store, you can get apps on it. Uh it had GPS. I mean I don't know if the original one I, we're, we're getting old. I don't remember if the 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 GPS functionality, the maps functionality on the three G actually did turn by turn directions in your car i don't think it did no no because i rem- i seem to remember a lot of people use google maps uh well hang, hang on a minute it i think for, i seem to remember for a long time google maps would do turn by turn but not on the iphone that sounds familiar yeah that sounds really familiar hmm yeah i don't know we're, we're just getting old it's hard to remember all this stuff yeah. But I still have my original 3GS, and it still works. I haven't done a darn thing to it. I never replaced the battery in that. That, that I think, more than anything, kind of shows you the uh, level of quality that Apple puts into their phones. Yeah. Uh, and mean, also, as well, it's probably something to do with the level of... I, I, it's easy to think modern phones nowadays, the batteries are more flaky, but actually, the batteries are being asked to do a hell of a lot more than they were back then. Oh, no you question. Know, <laughs> um you know, nowadays, they, the, it's amazing the things work at all, the amount of draw on the batteries. No question uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, funnily enough, I, I got a, a 6S that, with a broken screen um, that was being thrown out of work. So I said, oh, well, don't throw it away. I'll I'll take it. Um, got the screen fixed. Uh, really pleased. Got it back and turned it on. And during upgrading to iOS 12, <laughs> it, it. It, it, no, it turned itself off uh, because it had that thing where the, when, when, when the battery was on the load, it couldn't keep up. Oh, right. And so I turned it back on. I got the message saying that, you know, what happened. And so, yeah, now I need to rush down to Apple and get the battery changed before the price goes up at the end of the year. Why? Why? Yeah. Why Why should I change the battery? Yeah. Because I want to use the phone. But it, it's not your main phone or anything. It's not my main phone. No, I want to use it when I'm traveling. So they have had my phone stolen. Okay. Um, I'm not going to cry because it's a cheap phone rather than my yeah. £800 iPhone 8. Next time you're in London, go over to the Apple store and get a new battery. No, I, I'm gonna, I've am going booked an appointment for next week. I'm going to go to the Genius Bar and get it done. So Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up this episode uh, a lot longer than last episode. <laughs> we, owed it, we owed it to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on this or yeah. any other subject. The show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, you can always go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a note right there in the show notes. 
If you visited MyMac or TechFan in the recent past, you will notice that you can actually listen to the show with a player right in your web browser. There's no more clicking a button and having something open. It's right there in the browser now. That's thanks to uh, a new plug-in um, and WordPress and all the new content at MyMac is being produced with that. The strat staff is struggling with it. It's a lot different, this new Gutenberg plug-in. Uh, everything's in blocks now, and the, each block can have its own properties. So they're getting used to it at my Mac. Uh, I am too. Uh, it was pretty intuitive for me, but that's kind of my strength anyway, so it's not that big of a deal for me to uh, to get up and running on something like that. And the staff is struggling. When you paste stuff in, <clears throat> it's, it's having issues, so I'm going in there and cleaning up after people because it's something different. So make sure you're checking out MyMac.com. <clears throat> And of course, again, feedback, feedback, feedback. It's been a little lax lately, guys and girls. Yep. Give us some feedback. We've got some. We got some feedback from Brendan about Mojave, so we can cover that next week because next week, absolutely, macOS Mojave will have released. And I also like to talk a little bit about our iOS 12 and how we're finding that too. I've upgraded, and uh, I look forward to talking about it. But I got to figure out what to talk about because it's kind of a meh. Other than, I'll be honest, I haven't played with it a whole bunch. I haven't had any incompatibilities. Um, for me, it's all about the GPS in the car, Apple or uh, Google Maps. So, so give us feedback. What do you guys think about iOS 12? Any big issues? Anything that's like, holy crap, I'm so glad that they finally did this. Let us know. The show at techfanpodcast.com. And I'll see you next week, David. See you then.